This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Taiwan has slashed the quarantine time for people who have had close contact with COVID patients. They have cut it from 10 days down to three. People arriving from overseas will still have to quarantine for 10 days. The move comes amid a surge in cases. Taiwan reported 6,339 new cases on Tuesday. Health Minister Chen Shizong has explained the new quarantine rules for people who are contact traced. He says the new Three plus four rule means three days of quarantine, followed by four days with lighter restrictions. You also have to test negative for COVID before leaving the house. Taiwan is home to more than 600,000 migrant workers, the majority from Indonesia. Often they serve as caretakers. As they adjust to a new life in Taiwan, language can be a challenge. One organization is looking to help them settle in. Jaime Ocon has this story. Seeing each other in person for the first time since the pandemic, these migrant workers from Indonesia are headed back to class. For the next six months, students like Fatma will be learning Mandarin to better adjust to life in Taiwan. Fatma has been a caregiver here for seven years, and this is how she spends her one day off a week. Taiwan is home to over 680,000 migrant workers, the majority of whom come from Indonesia. And while Indonesian men dominate sectors like manufacturing and fishing, Indonesian women often take jobs as caregivers, which puts them in daily contact with the local population. For the last seven years, language classes like this one have been organized by a group called 140, so named because one in every 40 people in the country is a migrant worker. 140 also offers free Chinese lessons online with over 70,000 active users. And the group hosts cultural events to give migrant workers the opportunity to socialize with locals. But beyond the socials, migrants like Nadia are just happy to learn. She has worked in Taiwan for over 10 years and is now one of the more advanced students in the class. She hopes that she can put these lessons to use even after she returns home. Over 20,000 migrant workers have graduated from this program since it started in 2015. And like those before them, these students are optimistic that a proper grasp of the language will help them feel less isolated and more empowered for life in Taiwan. Prisma and Hami Okan for Taiwan Plus. Now, how much can you take before you snap? A new dance performance uses rubber bands to look at the impact of stress on people's lives. Leslie Liao has the story via our partner station, Radio Taiwan International. How do you quantify pressure's toll on the human body? Well, in this performance, rubber bands are used as a metaphor for life's many stresses. Dancers are pulled in various directions before they are snapped by the rubber bands. Here, stress isn't something that piles up and accumulates. It's tangible pain you can feel the moment it comes up. When pressure is translated into immediate pain you can feel, 
How might that affect people's lives? This latest work is called Hook's Law, and it's the brainchild of choreographer Huang Yufen. Huang says she chooses to use rubber bands throughout her performance because they are something that can elicit fear from people. She says the anticipation of pain from a rubber band is something that can push people to emotional limits. Rubber bands take on a different role in the show when female performers come on stage. The rubber bands are used to manipulate dancers' actions rather than to create pain. Rubber bands here symbolize the pressure society places on women. Huang says this part of the performance is taken from her own life experience. She says women are often expected to sacrifice their own careers and dreams to conform to society's rules. Hook's Law is still under development. It's scheduled to premiere in late May in Taipei. However, in the lead-up to its debut, the show promises to rethink the way people look at stress. Animals at Shoshan Zoo in Taiwan's southern city of Kaohsiung were treated to a violin recital over the weekend. The violinist was a sixth grader at a local elementary school. She played tunes such as Amazing Grace in front of the animals' enclosures. One audience member, a Formosan black bear, appeared to be intrigued by the music. The young musician was given special permission to play for the animals while the zoo is closed for renovations. Now in China, Beijing has started citywide COVID testing, affecting 20 million people. That's following a rise in cases in China's capital. The move has triggered fears of a Shanghai-style lockdown and led to panic buying online and at local stores. Shoppers have been emptying supermarkets of vegetables, meat, instant noodles and toilet paper. In Shanghai, supermarkets are stepping up deliveries to struggling communities that have now been in lockdown for four weeks. Elon Musk, the CEO of electric car company Tesla, has struck a deal to buy Twitter for 44 billion US dollars. The news has triggered a vigorous debate on the changes that Musk could make, with some concern that it will affect free speech. Jaime Ocon has the details. 44 billion US dollars. That's how much Tesla CEO Elon Musk has agreed to to purchase Twitter, which is one of the world's most influential social media platforms with over 400 million users. He says the move is in support of free speech and plans to privatize the company. Musk has continually criticized Twitter's filtering of tweets and posts, calling out the company's algorithm for a lack of transparency and for prioritizing advertised tweets from big companies. I think that's really been the, the starter for going after Twitter. But ultimately, it's really trying to shake up social media. I mean, he feels like it's a fragmented platform. He could significantly improve it. But there's growth challenges ahead. Twitter's been underperforming platform for the last decade. And this is definitely must betting 20% of his net worth on Twitter. You know, definitely a risky move. A risky move, possibly not just for Musk, but for the platform's users. Critics are concerned that a change in leadership would mean the reactivation of many accounts currently banned. Musk has often expressed his preference for temporary bans instead of permanent ones, even tweeting that he hopes that his worst critics remain on the platform. Based on his public behavior in the past, that his concept of freedom of speech is a very limited concept of freedom of speech for people 
who are already in positions of power and um, and does not have a great concern or really even a great understanding of freedom of speech for people who are routinely denied that freedom. Regardless of who is in charge, U.S. officials maintain that responsibility must be shared between Twitter and its users. The president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms, uh, what they have, the power they have over our everyday lives, has long argued that tech platforms must be held accountable for the harms they cause. Musk has promised to hunt down fake accounts and verify all humans on Twitter. Now, the platform's users are waiting to see how the world's richest man affects change on one of its most popular of social networks. Kama Xu and Hame Okan for Taiwan Plus. The Foreign Correspondents Club of Hong Kong has suspended a prestigious journalism award. That's due to fears they could be persecuted under the territory's sweeping national security law. The annual Human Rights Press Award recognizes top rights-related reporting from around Asia. The club's president said in a letter that they are axing the awards due to, quote, significant areas of legal uncertainty. One of the organizations set to win several awards this year was Hong Kong's standard news. National Security Police forced that website to close down last year. China's foreign ministry has hit back at reports that it plans to build a military base in the Solomon Islands. So we in Solomon, the the statement follows comments by Australian Defence Minister Peter Dutton. He described China as incredibly aggressive as it expands its influence on other nations. China signed a security deal with the Solomon Islands earlier this month. Beijing says the agreement does not contain a military component, but countries like Australia, New Zealand and the US are concerned that it could lead to China stationing armed forces in the region. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.